Welcome back to This Is Here, the podcast about unique educational places and student opportunity and all of that good stuff. I am Adam Schechter, the technology coach here at John R. Lewis High School in Springfield, Virginia, part of Fairfax County Public Schools. And in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about student podcasts as we have one created by a group of students I work with. And we're also going to talk about being at the eighth pole, if you will. Uh, there are about 10 months into the school year, and right now we're just entering October or mid-October, depending on when you listen to this. So basically, it's, it's like a status check about where are you and where are you in implementing tech and say maybe some ideas that you are having. Before I get to any of that, uh, you can reach the show at This Is Here Pod over on Twitter, X, whatever we're calling it now. And also, I am at Lancer underscore EdTech. That's Lancer underscore EdTech. Also on Twitter, or what used to be Twitter anyways. I don't know. What are we calling it now? Who knows? Uh, both of those are great social media places to get a hold. And also, we have a dedicated email address for the podcast now, which is thisisherepod at gmail.com. So certainly reach out and say hello if you happen to be listening to the show and tell me what you're thinking. So the theme of this show at the beginning is about student-created podcasts. Uh, right now, my own students have done so. You can search Lancer Media Presents and basically any podcast uh, app you have the one that you're listening to this on or Apple Podcasts or wherever. So I run Lancer Media, which is our school news organization. Uh, we do a weekly video news. We've been making videos about all sorts of things. And now our students are into making podcasts themselves. And so a group of them got together and they were very enthusiastic about it. And, and so when you have that level of enthusiasm, it's always important to figure out how to encapsulate it, to channel that into a productive way because students are very famous for having great ideas, and then the execution is what's lacking, particularly if you have a student group or organization where they're not being graded or you feel like they're not holding themselves accountable or responsible for things. And so as they were operating, I thought that was a cool place to start for today. Uh, speaking of podcasts, actually, before I delve into that, I will be uh, presenting about podcasts at VISTI, which is the, the Virginia Society for Technology Education. So that's VISTI. I'll be in Roanoke, Sunday, December 3rd, and then continues on through Tuesday, December 5th. I'll be presenting in person on Sunday, and then I think I have a virtual presentation from the conference on Tuesday, so that'll be like a Zoom thing. And um, the presentation is going to be about getting started with podcasting, some of the technical requirements, the equipment, the software, how to get started if you have no budget, how to get started if you have even more of a budget, uh, and really getting those students interested in the ideas of podcasting and also how you can uh, implement it in terms of a variety of instructional settings and courses and contents and just use, utilizing it as a fantastic instructional tool. All right, so let's talk about student podcasts. Let me tell you, my students already have more listens than I do. And I don't take too much of an offense to that. Um, I think they're hustling. I think um, a few of my students are great at messaging on social media and driving up uh, some views and some listens uh, ever since we released it. And they have put together something, even though it's just their first episode. There's definitely a seed of something great. I think if you can like kind of tend that seed and water it and really watch it grow, uh, these students will be putting together something great this year. So I think for when a student's like, I got an idea for a podcast, and you go, great. Um, the first thing that you want to make sure that they understand is that it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. You have to record, you have to edit, 
put those things together, uh, then decide your publishing platform and all that kind of thing. So you want to get them started a little bit, kind of understand that. If you have a group of students that are interested, it's a good time to talk about roles. You can have many different roles, whether you are the podcast host, whether you are a facilitator, a panel member, someone being interviewed, maybe you're deciding that students are going to debate one another, and just have some general ideas about like how many people are going to be on this podcast. And so I think when you talk about some of the roles, you know, introducing them to a host and a facilitator, getting them the idea that the host is the one that during the recording is setting the tone, the host is the one that's like driving the conversation, kind of reminding those students that the host is the one that will uh, sort name checking and introduce everybody. And then while a conversation is happening, particularly in a podcast that may have about three or four people on there, uh, so the one that our students did had five. And so I task the host with making sure that they invite others into the conversation, make sure they're addressing everybody by name, allowing everybody to sort of introduce themselves a bit so that when you hear like five different voices, at least they've been name checked a few times and at least that it's not like the students that introduce themselves while they're talking, like the host should be the one that's bringing that in. To try and guide that conversation a little bit, to ensure that there is, everybody has a voice, that like if there's a, a question that's being discussed, that you know, has everyone had a say, uh, and look for sort of nonverbal cues where a student looks like they wanna jump in and jump on that mic, and so maybe you can step in and, and like help someone who's talking a lot kind of wrap it up a little bit, and then invite you know, that student who wants to speak that chance to do so. And, and hosting a show is, is not very easy. Uh, it's definitely not when you are amongst a panel of five different students. Like you do have to kind of take that leadership in there, that initiative in there. And so just make sure that those students are clear. Like that's, that's the expectation. Like that's what we want to see uh, in your host. And then in terms of the panelists, kind of be aware of, you know, what is your contribution going to be? So as the group decides the topic, uh, the panelists should start thinking about what they want to say. They're going to take notes. They're going to do their research and really be ready. Once you kind of have that format together, you know, it's certainly one of the most important things to, to do. And then you do have to coach them a little bit in terms of show prep that you want to have a good show and you want to, you know, kind of get into that conversation. And you'll find that the students are going to start conversing amongst themselves like they should be doing for the show. <laughs> And so like that gentle reminder of, you know, keeping, keeping the powder dry a little bit, as I like to say, where the students are kind of talking a little bit about what they want to say, like kind of their perspective, but they're, they're saving some of their salient points and some of their um, most, I guess, passionate responses for the actual show. Uh, because, you know, it's great when they're talking amongst themselves, but if there's no recording of it, it's very difficult to bring that back. It's very difficult to like be impassioned and heated and, you know, go back and forth and like really get excited. It's very difficult to, to recreate that in the podcast itself, because you do get that feeling, especially amongst the panel discussion, like, well, I've said this before, like it doesn't, it's not as interesting the second time around as it was the first. Having your group kind of meet, you know, discuss the topic a little bit, uh, maybe give a little bit of a background of what their perspective is going to be and then kind of sending them off to do their own thing and not really talk about it at length until it's time to record the show. So once you have that settled, maybe think about the format of the show. Like I said, like maybe it's an open talk show where you just have a host and then everybody else is sort of discussing and answering the questions together. 
uh, that the host is bringing up. There's not really, I mean, I know the host kind of guides that conversation, but there's not really like one person is higher in that authority than others or one person's opinion is mattering more or not. It's just, you just need a host to help, you know, kind of be that ringleader a little bit. Uh, maybe you'll have a debate. So you have to tell the students to like pick sides, to divide up a, a bit amongst themselves. Uh, and then when you get to the actual show, you'll need like a moderator. Maybe one of them will be acting as a moderator who can step in and like keep time and make sure that no side is like dominating the other in terms of, you know, talking time and that sort of thing. Uh, maybe you'll do like an interview show. So maybe you'll have like a panel, but then you'll bring in like a guest, uh, particularly if it's a relevant topic or an expert kind of thing. Uh, maybe you're talking about like some, you know, social emotional well-being and you bring in like a school counselor. Um, you know, maybe you're talking about like discipline, discipline policies in a school and you're bringing in one of the administrators, you know, so you're talking about like school different topics or uh, maybe something else where like a teacher is an expert and you bring that teacher in and you have that panel sort of ask questions and discuss and go back and forth. So there's sort of another format. And then there's other formats where if a student wants to just do a show as like a duo or even a solo show, like that's very difficult. As I am trying to record a podcast by myself in an empty studio, like that's easier for me as someone who has done a lot of radio and communicating in the past. But if a student wants to do it themselves, like they really have to be very detailed in their notes. Uh, they have to be very structured and just very, you know, do whatever they can to sound as confident on the mic as possible. So there's that. And then you have to decide is, is you're going to have a student who's working the equipment. Uh, maybe they're running the control board. Um, if that student is running the control board, are they also going to talk? I would certainly not recommend that the host also run the board right now because there's there's so much decision making there, right? So you have to dis it, you're constantly looking at like the sound levels. You might be adjusting microphones if someone's talking too light or too heavy or loud. There's a lot to pay attention to, especially when you're unfamiliar with a soundboard. You haven't used it too much. Uh, no matter what your podcasting gear is or how easy it is to set up, it's easy to also talk or guide a conversation at the same time. So one of the panel members could also run the board. I know this student, the student group in particular who did Deep Talks, which is our podcast here, uh, they had one student just running the board and wasn't on the show for that episode. So maybe, uh, maybe a student's more interested in the tech part of it, and so that kind of makes that decision easier. Yeah, whatever you want to do. When they're about ready and they feel like they're good to go, I always suggest that students have about three to four topics to start so that they are not in a shortage of things or discussion topics for their shows. Because recording one episode may not be that difficult. It's when you start recording multiple episodes that you want to create a series. You know, even me, I kind of get trapped in that, right? Like the last episode I published of this was back in June, towards the end of the year. Now it's October. Um, I had a lot of ideas about getting things done and just, just didn't happen. And so I have to motivate myself and just decide, yes, I'm going to record. Like, I want to talk about this. I want to come up with that. You know, I want to put that out there. And with students, it's, it's that way and even, even more because, you know, once they're done recording, they feel like they're finished. Now you're like, all right, well, now the cycle has to begin again. Like, now you have to get back on it. Having them at least have an outline or a plan for multiple episodes and multiple topics is a way to get them to be more successful. Um, you might want to help like streamline their podcast in terms of an overall theme. So for this particular one, I think they want to just talk about student topics. That's great. Maybe you have a podcast or a group that's interested in talking about sports or the activities that are going on around your school. Uh, maybe you have like 
students that are interested in doing more of like a news podcast or like a politics podcast. I mean, I think that's all great. You know, just got to kind of watch out for things. And then with students, in terms of content, like I don't want to have too much editorial control, but I typically advise them to be positive, to stay positive on things. Um, If they're going to be critical, like that's fine. But oftentimes, you know, like to not personally attack somebody to not go after other teachers or anything else, like not make fun of them or anything like that, like on the air. It's not, it's not what you want to do. Like they're not shock jocks. Like we're not going to go into that style of radio, you know, try, try and keep it at least somewhat, somewhat positive and and always back up what you're saying or try and back up what you're saying with facts or like good information. So that's the, that to me is the key, you know, and definitely don't like go after other students or gossip or, or that sort of thing. Like try and, Try and keep that stuff out of it. You know, oftentimes they, they've been like, well, well, we'll keep their names out of it. And I said, okay, that's fine. But first off, people listening, they may know who you're talking about. Like, you don't have to say a name to say a few things. And then also, whoever else cares. Like, you know, keep the personal stuff out of it. We don't need the Lewis Gossip Forum. And, and they do tell me, you know, from time to time, they say, well, but there are all these Instagram accounts and they're all like spicy and all that kind of stuff. And I go, good, save it for that. Like, I don't, I don't need it on something that is like a school recognized thing, right? So it's always, it's also every time you put something out to the public, like you're always in danger of something getting out there that um, not so much you get in trouble for, but you don't want to attract or be open to criticism about your productions from like a professional standpoint, at least, you know, if I'm, if I'm releasing these things online. I always tell them to keep, be careful with the content. All right. So as far as recording the show, when students are getting started, my initial recommendation is to think about like 15 minute or so shows, depending on how many people you have on there. It could be easy or not to, to fill that kind of time. I think students have no, they don't have a good concept of like how long a discussion can go. And they may think that they have like a lot prepared, but they'd be very surprised about how quickly they could be burning through their preparation materials. You know, I don't, I, I say, hey, you don't need your show to be an hour long right away. Like that's not necessary. Maybe 10 to 15 minute uh, chunks of a show are great. Uh, 15 minutes or so is a lot easier to edit than an hour. And so the turnaround time is going to be quicker and then you can release more episodes. And then you know, if there's something where you feel like you've had a good discussion and you want to continue it, I mean, by all means, like that sounds like a great topic for like another show. You, know, you just have to kind of control yourself in terms of how much you really want to say and how long you really it really needs to go. I know with the students when they recorded it, you know, they they were a little surprised kind of the other way where I guess because they had so many and they were very interested in talking about the topic. Then in this case, they were talking about like why they've joined Lancer Media and then how they would encourage other students to be part of this group and sort of like some lessons that they've learned. They were able to record about a half hour to, I guess, actually, I think the show itself, the recording was about 40 minutes long. Like that was pretty cool. And they only stopped because I had to cut in there and be like, hey, uh, the bell's going to ring, guys. Like, yeah, that's it. But, you know, when when they're just getting started, especially like younger students, middle school students or so, like 10 to 15 minutes, I think, on any given topic is probably more than enough uh, without really risking like repeating yourself too much or uh, running out of things to say. And then you sort of get into that. All right. What else? Um, I don't know. You have anything? Um, I don't. I don't know. So as far as show length, that would certainly be my my advice. Now, as far as editing goes, um, you know, this is where 
I struggled a lot because I know that they wanted to get the episode out there quickly. Uh, we were actually talking about like why they joined Lancer Media ahead of our interest meetings. And so they wanted like this to be out in the world to be like a, a promo. So there was a, a bit of time crunch to it. And so, you know, the final product that they did was was not heavily edited. So there wasn't a lot of fine detail in the editing. There wasn't a lot of like fine cuts. Uh, so normally when I record this show, you know, I'm spending a few hours editing and I take out just about every um and you know that I can think of. I, I try and take out words that don't make any sense or pauses or, or things like that. And But that's me and I am not a student. And so I can at times work on a podcast for a few hours, right? Like that's that's something I could just work into my, my day. As far as students goes, you might not see them for that long and you might not see them that often. And so while you want their product to sound good, you want the editing to be clean, uh, you want the, the show that they, they produce to be as best as it can be, uh, sometimes you have to just kind of let that go a bit uh, in favor of them feeling like they've finished and accomplished. Uh, so, you know, maybe they're doing like a quick pass through. So they, they're not going to be like me who like starts play and then I go, oh, I don't like that. And I just cut it out. Right. And then I play again, cut it out. Right. And that process can take a very long time. As far as the student-produced podcast goes, you know, they may listen, so they can listen all the way through, uh, and then maybe clip out the beginning and the end. Like They may not cut out as much, um, especially because it could be difficult to cut out when you have so many voices uh, talking on a different podcast, right? So it's hard to just cut out one part without making it not make a lot of sense. Um, like maybe you cut out a little bit of one response, but you're also, you're in danger of like another student going and making a reference that you cut out. So they don't, the audience doesn't really quite understand. At least initially I'm like, all right, we'll just cut out the obvious stuff. Like that, I think that's probably the easiest way to go about it. So like really long pauses, maybe a clip where it's disorganized for a stretch or like they're transitioning from one question to the next. And so what it was actually recorded is sort of like them planning out loud in a way. Like maybe clipping that stuff out as they go through. But, you know, the, save the fine tooth combs for another time, unfortunately. The editing part is really where they get, that's really where they get slowed down. And I think it's sometimes they can get frustrated and they don't realize how long the process can actually take. You know, you don't really want them to lose momentum, but you also want them to have something that they're proud of at the end. Oftentimes I'm like, all right, if it's not as polished as it could be, I guess that's okay. Like I'm not going to go too crazy, at least for now, because as they get better at it and they get more experience, the on-air product, the initial run that they're going to do should get better, which would then require like less editing on the back end. At least that's the hope. But yes, I think for the next time, I'm definitely going to have them add like an intro to their show that's not necessarily recorded live. I think they were trying to program that into our a recorder here, but I do want them to add an intro and outro and, and be a little clearer for, for next time. But I definitely wanted them to have an episode out and start getting views and start getting listens. Uh, so we put it out on YouTube and at the moment, at least of this recording, I think their podcast has somewhere in the neighborhood of like 130 views on YouTube, which is pretty good for one of our videos, uh, especially since like the video is pretty much blocked within our own school network. So there's that. Uh, and then on Spotify itself, I think it has like 15 or 16 listens and five Spotify followers, which is more than what I currently have. So I'm really proud of them for putting out something that I think other students are enjoying and really getting uh, involved in that process. And like I said, I, you know, having that accomplishment and, and being like, oh yeah, we did, we put it together. We went from the beginning, we had an idea, we talked about it, we 
recorded the episode, we edited, and we published. Like, they went through the entire cycle and they felt success. And I think sometimes that feeling of success is worth more than not publishing and taking all this time to edit. And, you know, you, you make maybe something that's a little bit better as far as sound quality, but you lose the relevancy and I think the students will lose steam. So now I just got to get them back here in the, in the studio and recording again. So what we're doing is we have one podcast feed. So Lancer Media Presents is the podcast feed for any podcast that we make. Uh, and this is Deep Talks, episode one. So just search Lancer Media Presents, check it out. Give our students a listen and you can certainly get back to me at uh, Lancer underscore EdTech or This Is Here Pod over on Twitter, etc. Tell me what you think of what the students put together. Anyways, I definitely love having students make podcasts. I think it's such a great outlet. And so I encourage you and encourage anyone out there who's working with students now to, to help them, you know, share their voice because they do have a lot to say. If you don't think so, just put them in a room with microphones and just let them talk. There's some planned magic there for sure. If you set up the structures in a way that they can grab onto, but also can expand upon. The last topic I really wanted to talk about is technology integration. If you're not used to implementing tech, I think it's not that it's scary at the beginning, but uh, there's a lot of uncertainty and there's a learning curve almost to any new technology that you use or any resource that you're using. So the first things that you try to make are going to take you a lot longer than ones in the future. If you're starting to think about it, especially as a, as a, a tech specialist, I have, I have thoughts, I have ideas. <laughs> the first thing is to not make it about the tech. So if you're going into a school and your school says that you have all of these online subscriptions, you have all this access to the resources, I wouldn't start with, I want to use this tool because we have it, right? So if your school subscribes to Pear Deck or something like that, it shouldn't just be, well, I want to use Pear Deck because we have it. No, that's, that's cool, but not, not really. Uh, for me, the first step, especially when you're not used to integrating tech and thinking your, your classes as much, you know, the first step to me is looking at what are you trying to accomplish? Like, what do you want students to do? How are they going to participate what are the skills that you're trying to build? And then what is the content that you're, you're teaching? And then which of these tools best matches your goals? You want students to be more independent in their information gathering. Well, certainly like a Pear Deck would be a great way to do that because you can put content slides in there. You can put other uh, checks in there. You can make it student paced, which is great. So they can kind of accomplish it whenever. Uh, you could put questions and other different kinds of responses as they go so that you as the teacher can check in on those responses, see what students are doing. It gives you a good informal assessment uh, that then you know, allows you to like, decide whether you should continue, whether there's things that they're very confused about um, and you need to go over them again. You know, like, I think something like a Pear Deck is great if that's what you're, you're looking to do. But maybe you want to like show them a video, right? So you want them to like get information out of a video. Well, something like an Edpuzzle is a fantastic tool because it does provide those knowledge checks. It does provide you to a chance to have a video like embedded and pause it sort of in between and either provide more context with like information slides or ask for their opinion or ask for, you know, a, a knowledge check kind of question. And so that's certainly good for that purpose. Um, uh, or maybe you're using something where you want them to participate. Maybe you want like some online discussions kind of happening. And instead of it being like in person or instead of it being like vocalized around or students are like talking to each other or things like that, you know, then there are other tools where 
you can have them do like asynchronous conversations with one another. So either the the discussion section on like Schoology or your LMS system. I know Google Classroom also has a great discussion tool. Uh, maybe you're using like a, a Canva whiteboard uh, that they can collaborate on or like Lucid Spark also has those, those tools or Google Jamboard, which I know is retiring next year, but I will still mention it. Um, and those things might be, you know, utilized for you. Or, you know, even if you go something where you have like a Google Doc set up or, or something like that where students can contribute on there. Um, you know, the, the key is like, what is it that you want them to do? Or if they're creating products, right? So that might be another way that you're implementing tech. Like think about how to create products. So if you want them to record podcasts, like just being familiar with what are the tools that are out there, right? So if they have like regular Windows computers and they can use Audacity for free or uh, some other you know, audio recorder, maybe you want them to be, make videos and they have like we video at their, at their disposal. Uh, and, you know, Adobe Spark is also another great tool out there, which I believe is mostly free to use. I could be wrong. I'll check. I just know that we have it. Um, but at least for educators, like Adobe Spark has a lot of other tools on there. And then Canva for education, like they were doing education accounts where teachers can get them. Um, it's kind of like a low level premium account and you can invite your students in to contribute to a project or do their own kind of thing and yeah, go nuts. Like I think Canva is a great tool for students to create, you know, different projects and products and that sort of stuff. So like that's, that's really the key is like, what is it that you're trying to do uh, with them? And then pick the tool that makes the most sense for that purpose. Um, and then like start small, right? Like I, you know, I, I think like the first time that you're like putting a Kahoot together, um, it doesn't have to be 30 questions. In fact, a 30 question Kahoot would be a lot. Maybe it's five. Maybe you have a Pear Deck that you create the first time where there are two or three interactive slides. And then as you go, like you kind of get better at it and um, can put more interactivity into your um, into like the knowledge gathering that you're asking students to do. Or if you're doing something like where you have a hyperdoc where it's got different sections and different articles or videos or things that you're, you're posting in there. Uh, maybe you start off with a hyperdoc that's got like three things on there uh, and then you can kind of grow and provide more choice over time. So starting small, I think is that is a, is a good, an excellent strategy for kind of getting started with tech and like putting your toe in the water a little bit. Um, and over time, like you will, over time you'll find that there are definitely ways to implement tech into uh, more lessons, but I definitely recommend a, a blended approach, right? So to, to not do all tech and or not do like all pencil paper, right? Like some some good combination in between. Because sometimes just having students have giant poster paper and jotting ideas around or doing activities with post-it notes where they're plopping opinions and things on there and you know decorating stuff or like doing more tactile stuff that's not tech related. I think those have some tremendous benefits to it. But above all, above all, Technology in itself and tech integration should be centered around student participation and engagement. Like you're using this tech tool because you want it to be more interactive or you're using it to help provide students with more choice or you're giving them opportunities to express themselves. Like that to me is the number, number one uh, motivation for, for tech integration, right? So I would, would shy away from you have a worksheet that normally they would write on. Well, now we're doing a worksheet that's a Google Doc. Like that's good for some things, but unless you're also using that Google Doc to help provide them with like 
choice of assignments or a reflection opportunity or something like that. You've just sort of transferred from one way of doing a, a worksheet or recitation or something, you know, like that, that kind of lower blooms work. You're just going from one way to another. Like the technology part doesn't make a worksheet more exciting. It's sort of the other activities that the technology allows you to do that like a standard paper worksheet would not. That's my best advice for that. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today. I would love to hear your feedback. You can reach out through email. This is here pod at gmail.com. And also on Twitter, X, whatever it's going to be at this is here pod. I am Adam Schechter, who's also reachable at Lancer underscore EdTech. That's it for the This Is Here podcast for this episode. Uh, thank you all for listening. We'll be back soon. If you also want to check out the other work I do for Lancer Media, just go and search at Lancer Media TV on Twitter, X, Instagram, YouTube, the whole thing. So our students are doing a whole bunch of great stuff that I think is definitely worth your time. And, you know, obviously the uh, Lancer Media Presents podcast series will only grow in the future. So check it out in your favorite podcast app, subscribe and, and look out for new episodes soon. So again, this is Adam Schechter coming at you from John R. Lewis High School here in Springfield. Again, thank you all for listening and we'll see you all next time.